from acclaimed master of horror, M. Night Shyamalan. Daddy, someone's always watching me. Of course, Jimmy. It's God. No, it's an old man. Mr. Aiken, our detectives found a list, and your children's names are on it. He's coming to town. Daddy. We're, we're safe, Jimmy. The doors and windows are bolted shut. He, he can't get in. Someone's on the roof. Get your sister and hide in the closet. Kringle by M. Night Shah. Starts Friday. Santa, what's in the box? You're listening to Questionable Material. Produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com. Satan's Village. Hi. Oh, gosh. I think I may have typed something in wrong. Um, is this the place you call to get um, presents? It's a Christmas village for children. Mm, oh. It was just a little it's screw a- up with the sign making and the poster making. Oh. We used a dyslexic and we leaned into it. Okay. Because I'm, I'm, I, mean, I don't have any kids of my own, but I do have, um, I do have a nephew that I'm shopping for uh, for Christmas, but... Um, I wanted to get him something uh, from Santa's Village, like a little T-shirt. Like I was at Santa's Village. Yes. In- well, we have so all that. Have those. We have rides. We have we have little things you drive through with waving animatronic uh, creatures and elves, and we have a, a workshop. And uh, yeah, you can get a Satan's Village T-shirt or Satan's Village tote bag, or we have a variety of Satan's Village uh, merchandise. Well, that's exactly what I was calling about was to get something. Um, some merch from Santa's village, you know, like I was at Santa's village, you know, mm. aren't I lucky? Something like that. But it sounds like everything you have is just slightly off from what I'm looking for. Well, we opened this business and we went to a dyslexic printer and, uh, and a dyslexic sign maker. And so there was a screw up on that end. And we had a giant sign that says Satan's village. And we thought, well, we could pay a lot of money to have a new sign made or just go with it. And so it's Satan's village. Uh, it's just a couple letter, of letters transposed. It's no big deal. Uh, but we do have uh, Satan's workshop. We have Satan's elves. We have Satan's uh, little amusement park. There are all sorts of little games that geared towards little children, of course. Um, so, I mean, if you can just get over that part, the fact that the name is off, that Santa got turned into Satan. I know it rubs some people the wrong way. But your kids are going to have a good time. They don't at, at this age. They probably don't even read, right? Um, uh, you know, I, I'm again. I'm shopping for my nephew. I, I don't know where he is in his development cycle. He's he's nine years old, so I, I would imagine he could read that. He can probably read, but you know what? At that age, they're so excited. They're not even really paying attention to the fact that it says Satan and not Santa. So I, I mean, think a lot you'd of be times fine. when you read a word incorrectly, like some, that's why typos get missed often is because your brain reads it the right way. Exactly. So a lot of people drive right by our giant sign off of route nine H and they think it says Santa's village because their brain is wired. I mean, you have a picture of Santa Claus, you have a candy canes, you can see a reindeer, 
Uh, so of course their brain's going to say, oh, that's, that's Santa, right? So then they see the sign, which does say Satan's village, but they don't really process that. And they see Santa's village. They bring their kids here. The kids have a good time. Sometimes the parents get a little concerned or angry like mm-hmm. that guy yesterday, but still, uh, everybody has a good time. I mean, the kids have a good time and that's really what it's all about. Well, what happened yesterday? Well, a gentleman was here and. Uh, he started to get the sense that something was off. And then he, he realized that it did not say Santa's village. It said say, Satan's village. And, and apparently he's a very religious gentleman. Uh, and so he started to become very concerned that he'd been, he'd been tricked into the devil's playground, something like that. And um, it took a while for us to, to calm him down and, and to, uh, lay his fears that he had brought his children to a sinful place. We kept saying, no, it's not a sinful place. If you look around, you'll see the reindeer, you'll see the elves. Uh, We have people dressed in elf costumes and Beelzebub and they just walk around and old scratch. And they, you know, they, they they talk to the kids, they put their arms around the kids. They, they tell the kids the the true story of Christmas. And, uh, and you know, it took us a while to allay his fears, but thank Lucifer. He, um, he came around and he saw, that he had made a huge mistake. And that is when he left uh, uh, the, the park and, and with a smile on his face. Why was he smiling? Uh, we set him up with an elf that was a milf. So technically an elf. <laughs> you mentioned uh, in that last monologue um, uh, about yeah, old scratch. Was that something I heard? Yeah. It's one of the, one of the characters we have here from the North Pole. What, uh, tell me about some of the characters who walk around your park. Well, of course you have Santa Claus. Love him. Yeah. And he walks around. He's a jolly old soul. He's a heavy set gentleman with a beard. Uh-huh. And then you have many elves of different types. And we've, we've really gone off the, off the deep end when it comes to inclusion and diversity. So we have elves of every type, you know, short elves, tall elves. I'm not sure I want my nephew coming to a place with tall elves. That's not something that we believe in. That's not what elves look like. So I, I'm not sure why we would do that. Well, we try to create an inclusive community here of, uh, mm-hmm. we want people to feel like an elf. If they inside, if they feel like they are an elf, then who am I to, to not address them as an elf and treat them as an elf and, and bend over backwards to accommodate their elfness. Some elves are, are six feet, three inches. No. Uh, and, and you just have to accept that, that that is nature. Uh, that elfism is a spectrum, uh, that some elves are very tall. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's just not true or accurate. So, um, so you have these people running around, uh, your park. Okay. So you have the elves, but who are some of the other people that are interacting with the children? Because that's, it's old scratch thing. There's something about it. I don't know. Something. I don't know. know. Old scratch. Uh, He looks like Santa. He's a, he's an older man. He's got a big long beard, uh, but the beard is, is fire orange. And, uh, and he wears, in, you know, Santa's kind of red and with white trim and, and yeah. old scratch is black uh, robes with black trim. And he has a black hat that has arcana uh, stitched into it and various symbols that mean things. And, and instead of ho, 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 he says, oh, ho, oh, oh, ho, like he's backwards. He does it backwards. Kind of like okay. if you play an album backwards, it says Paul is dead. It's kind of like that. And, and he walks around the park and says, oh, 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 and, and uh, takes gifts from the children and, and, and redistributes them uh, elsewhere is, in the park. Uh-huh. And, is he the dyslexic guy who did your sign? Oh, he's actually the nephew. It's funny you should ask because um, 
one of the things he, the guy who did the sign, his name is, is Mitt is actually Tim. But uh, so Mitt uh, said uh, that he was very apologetic. He's sorry. He spent so much time putting together this gorgeous sign. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Uh, but that it did say Satan's village. So to make up for it, he said, you can have my nephew for five years. So we're on the third Lord. year. Yeah, we're on the third year of having his nephew. And he plays old scratch. He does a great job. Okay. Well, I guess. Can you talk to me about, um, because my nephew, I'm, I'm actually very excited because he and uh, my sister, uh, you know, after their the boy's dad died, her husband is a real piece of shit. Um, he died. And uh, fortunately, uh, this spring, they're going to come up and visit for the, they're going to spend a week up here. And I would love to take them to Satan's. Now I'm saying it yeah. to Santa's village. And, um, uh, you know, I sort of want to know what else you guys have to offer. Like what sort of rides do you have? Well, actually it's funny you mentioned that. So if the boy's father is deceased, that's right. Uh, if you can provide us with a photograph a, a week before your visit, we can create a 3d hologram of, of the father oh. that will burst out of a Christmas package and beckon the child. To, to what end? Well, it just says, come join me. Come join me. It's great where I am. I don't mind, like, come join me for a trip down memory lane, but I don't want the kid to be enticed into death. Well, it's not necessarily into death. He says, come join me. Come join my side. Come to me. Come to me. Whose side is he on? I mean, I know I didn't like the guy, but I mean, he was a, it was a pretty good dad. Well, um, you know, it, it, it's all relative. Depends, depends how you view the world. You know, these, some see the, the world, you know, it's black and white, good and evil, that kind of thing. Okay. Eh, yeah, maybe I just won't provide the picture. What, what are the sort of attractions and rides do you have? Because, man, I've really, you know, I'm really looking for something to do. I've got a nine-year-old coming to stay with me, I and mean, he'll almost be 10 at that point. But I've got a nine-year-old coming to stay with me. I don't have any kids. I don't know this stuff. So I'm just looking for things to do that week. What, um... You know, what are the sort of rides and attractions? Well, we have, we have uh, Santa's workshop, of course. Oh, Santa's workshop. Yeah. Oh, and good. that's, a, okay. you know, it's a ride. It's like a roller coaster, but it's not particularly dramatic because we know a lot of kids uh, prefer it to be a little bit, um, you know, tamer okay. than our average coaster. And that'll take them through the Santa's workshop. They'll see uh, the, the elves making toys. They'll, they'll see. Uh, just the lines and lines and lines of uh, Chinese elves um, that are putting together the toys for their Christmas and the elf master, who's like a bigger elf and he's kind of almost like an ogre. And he walks th th up and down the factory lines, whipping people with the mistletoe, uh, <laughs> a whip made of mistletoe. And he whacks them to get them to make the toys faster. Right. And the kids get to see that. They see their toys. And then at the end, there's a gift shop. It, the, the ride stops. And the kids will see all the toys that were under construction are there for sale. Oh. And so what they're allowed to do is open up a line of credit so that they can purchase these toys that they saw being made. Which, you know, there's something about seeing those toys being made that is very exciting to a child. Yeah, of course. And so they're willing to pay eighty nine ninety five for a bulldozer. Yeah, I guess so. <sighs> okay, it's an odd ride, and the, and that is Santa's workshop, right? Not 
not Satan's workshop. Well, that's, it's funny you say that because it, it does say Satan's workshop, but we, we call it Santa's workshop. It doesn't sound very Santa-ish in there. It seems like Santa would have a bunch of elves who were there due to their love of toys, who would want to work 25 hours a day if they could, because they love toys so much. Uh, in this case, these elves have had their passports confiscated. Uh, they have to pay for their room and board. And of course, those uh, prices have been marked up dramatically. Uh, and for them to earn their freedom, uh, they need to work about 12 to 16 hours a day for a solid eight months. Wow. And is at the end, is everyone allowed to leave? I mean, there's no, uh, you know, I, I can leave with my soul. My nephew can leave with his soul, stuff like that. Theoretically. Okay, that works for me. Hey, Brian, I have a question for you. Absolutely. Okay, so I definitely heard you miss, I mean, you butchered the word absolutely. No, no, it's absolutely. It's, it's absolute plus country. Why would, well, why would that be a response to me having, asking if I could ask you a question? Honestly, I have no idea. Sometimes I forget after not recording a podcast with you for six days, um, how broken you are. So uh, that's my fault. And I apologize. Um, so I was just wondering, um, you know, everyone is very excited and maybe also a little apprehensive about Christmas. Uh, Christmas is tomorrow. I'm a little concerned leading into Christmas tomorrow because I'm worried about Santa. Why? Well, you know, COVID has affected everything and everyone this year. And mm. I, I want to know what ways that this has impacted the big man up North. Yeah. I guess, I guess this is the best time to talk about that. Right. Yeah. And I, I know this is something you follow because you follow the news and you're a bit of a Santa file. Yeah. Um, you know, could you sort of walk me through some of the things that are going on with Santa in COVID times and, and how things might might unfortunately be a little bit different this year for Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, it's good. We talk about this now because I know Santa's probably distracted. Normally he knows when we were sleeping and knows when we were awake and when we've been bad or good. So he's like the NSA in that way. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, but he's a little distracted right now. So I think we can talk about him openly without fear of reprisal. Especially on Christmas Eve. Exactly. Okay, good, 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 good. First of all, you want to get a, an at-home uh, COVID test. Okay. okay. Uh, you can, those are available by prescription only because the, uh, the government wanted to make it more complicated. So <laughs> um, you get that test. And first of all, you have to go to your doctor and get a prescription for the at-home COVID test. You'll get the at-home COVID test. Uh, and you're going to have to hurry up and do that since it's Christmas Eve. Uh, yeah. And then you're going to leave that test up on your chimney. Now, traditionally, you leave cookies for Santa and then maybe mm -hmm. hot chocolate or uh, uh, bourbon infused coffee or whatever. Uh, this time you're just going to leave the COVID test, a uh, duct tape to the side of your chimney. Sure. Uh, Santa will know because this is now the routine. He's going to uh, do the COVID test on your roof and make sure that he tests negative before coming down your chimney. So it's an instant test. Yeah. It, it takes about 15 minutes. So, you know, it's going to hold things up Christmas Eve. Package delivery, much like with UPS and the Postal Service and FedEx is going to be, uh, you know, slower than you're used to. Uh, might even make you furious. But um, you can expect that Santa will be coming down the chimney at some point. Now, of course, not all COVID tests are 
correct. Sometimes you get false positives. Sometimes you get false negatives. So what you're going to do is you're going to close the flue to your fireplace. Right. And you're going to fill your chimney with Purell. Uh, okay. In the hopes that Santa will get start going down the chimney. He'll be engulfed in Purell. Uh, presumably inhaling Purell because your chimney is about, what, 20 feet, 20 feet or so tall. Exactly right. And he'll be getting a Purell in his lungs, which was is going to just kind of kill any potential virus, one hopes. Wouldn't it kill his chance of breathing oxygen? There's a chance that that could happen. When we're not going to really know until Christmas Day when children all over the country and all over the world wake up to find or not find presents under their tree. Well, I'm a little con- I'm a little concerned. I mean, I, I I take it for granted that Santa can deliver the packages in under a second's time and then be out of my home. But I'm a little bit more concerned with the 15 minutes it's going to take him to take the test. Like if that's true of every house, he's only going to be able to do four houses in, a, in an hour, even with his one second package delivery. And that means, you know, maybe most of the houses on my street will get presents before sunup. We're bracing uh, kids uh, for for delays in delivery, and um, they're going to have to understand that that this year is is abnormal in many ways. As we know, I mean, they've been at school in their house for quite some time. Of course, most kids and and things are just different this year. Um, there won't be as much traveling, obviously, and so they're going to have to bear with the fact that Santa might make his visit, but it might be in February. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, it might coincide with Valentine's Day. Maybe there's something you can do with that. But it is not a normal year. Well, I mean, I, I want my family to be safe, but I'd much rather have those toys. Yeah. He's very high risk. Is that something else we need to be worried about? I mean, he's exceptionally high risk. Santa Claus, yeah. He's old and he's obese. And of course, yeah. uh, those are two uh, the comorbidities. Um, those are two things that, um, put him in the highest risk category for sure. Uh, age wise, we're not quite sure how old he is, but he's definitely up there. And of course we all know that he's, um, he's overweight and that's, that puts him in what we call the danger zone. So, uh, what you want to do before Santa comes is of course, and now it's a little late to tell you this, but you should have quarantined for the last two weeks and just stayed amongst yourselves. Um, and if you haven't done that, you need to put a flag on top of your roof that says we done didn't quarantine. We done didn't quarantine. Yeah. I don't know why, but, uh, that is how they want it done. That's how the governor has stipulated that the, the flag should say. So I, I don't have a blank flag materials to. How am I supposed to make a flag that says that to alert Santa? Uh, you know, uh, this is when it requires you to be kind of on top of things and to be become really good at embroidery, uh, flag making, uh, banner construction, uh, you, you know, all the all the tapestry arts. Can I just with a Sharpie just tape a note up there? Uh, if it's on a bed sheet attached to a pole that will suffice if, as long as it says we done didn't quarantine. Okay. Uh, okay, fine. So I, I'm worried also about this Purell thing that's required. Yeah. Uh, first of all, it's a lot of money to buy that much Purell. Yeah. I should have asked Santa for Purell. 
Uh, you could have, but he's he's out. Santa's workshop uh, is pure out of Purell. They, Damn it. I asked for, I had the kids, um, I crossed off a bunch of their dumb crap and like put Lysol wipes, um, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, anything that combats germs is gone this holiday season. That that sold out faster than the PlayStation 5. Even from Santa? Even from Santa. Wow, you know, he's got lame. limits to the amount of stuff he can make. You know, well, he, he's lame because the kids aren't getting that Lego Millennium Falcon because they asked for Lysol hand wipes. Well, you know, part of the problem is that Santa's workshop has dedicated about 50% of its capacity to making Teslas. What? Yeah. Elon Musk and, and Santa have a partnership and Santa's workshop, half of it is, is geared for making Teslas. So I'm going to get some generic toy robot and a off-brand Barbie this year under the tree. And uh, when I could have gotten a $50,000 car. There's a good chance you'll get a Barbie. Yes. <laughs> but I don't want, I don't want a Barbie. Well, uh, that's one thing that can be produced en masse uh, very quickly is Borby because it's really stamped out of a piece of plastic. Uh, and then they, they hot glue some strands of hair to it. So Borby is kind of like the, you know, the hot flat doll of, the, of this, this year's Christmas. Wait, she's flat? Yeah. That's the only way you can produce this stuff really fast. You just stamp it out of a sheet of plastic. But Barbie is known for her figure. Yeah, Barbie isn't. Barbie's just known as something that's plastic that your child can hold. So sort of like Lena Dunham. But uh, firmer. Right, obviously. <sighs> okay, well, I, I mean, the kids ask for a lot of very specific toys. Um, so what's going to, like, they ask for a, a Switch, the, the Nintendo uh, gaming system. What's going to come, what's Santa going to give them if they ask for a Switch? A birch branch. Because don't forget, Santa's pretty old. And in his day, the way you uh, disciplined children was yeah. with a switch. Right, right. Being a, being a little branch from a tree. And so that's how he sees it. He's not familiar with electronics. He doesn't know Nintendo, these kind of things. So your child will get a, a, a piece of birch. With to which whip he, themselves with. To whip himself with or that he can hand to you, present to you to, to whip him when he's naughty. Oh, it's crazy. Well, I'm, I'm concerned about some of these other toys because my my kids go very name brand. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I know that they asked for uh, for some Transformers, some just good old fashioned Transformers. What are they going to get instead? Transformers. Oh, but uh, utility pole Transformers. Right, to, right for power lines. I, yeah. I understand. So okay, so that, well, that makes sense about the Transformers. Um, Last thing that I know my kids were really excited about was uh, was Star Wars action figures. Yes. What, what can they expect there? There's been a run on Star Wars toys in general because of the popularity of the Mandarin Orange. <laughs> and uh, so there's going to be a lot of knockoffs. Uh-huh. So you might- um, It's the Mandalorian, but go ahead. Say again? Uh, the Mandalorian, but that's okay. Exactly. That's what I said. Uh, so there's going to be maybe- you could expect knockoff brands, Starfire, Star Place, Star Battles, Cosmic War, Space Adventure. Yeah, bummer. So, you know, what you can expect in then is like, you know, they it might look like the Millennium Falcon. Uh, just won't say Millennium Falcon uh, and the pieces won't necessarily lock in well. 
So as your child's running around the house, it might just disintegrate as though it went through a black hole. <laughs> the, the toy might just straight up disintegrate? It might just turn into a pile of Legos as your kid's running around with it. Because those pieces don't really hold together. They, they don't have the Lego technology, which is patented. Plus, they're made out of like one millimeter thick uh, plastic. Right. Whereas Lego goes to like four, you know. Okay. I mean, I would think that's the one thing that China would have is, is lots of plastic laying around. Uh, yeah, they, I mean, but mostly it's in the rivers. <laughs> and other trash receptacles. Like okay. The, the ocean. So you say there's like a, a darker side of Santa as well? Yes. If you look at the photos of the reindeer, there is no Blitzen anymore. What, what happened to Blitzen? Blitzen uh, fell out of favor, we should say, with, with Santa. And uh, before you knew it, uh, Santa took Blitzen out for a trial run, he called it. And then uh, came back without Blitzen. So he was towed, uh, his sleigh was, was towed over land by a, a pack of dogs <laughs> because with Blitzen gone, he lost his ability to, for the flying sleigh. Yeah. But he came back and the, the dogs, you know, they were huskies and they were covered in blood and Santa never addressed it. What do you think happened to Blitzen? He must've gotten lost in the snow. And you believe that? No, but to say otherwise uh, puts your life in jeopardy, quite honestly. I know a few elves who are no longer with us who had intimated that, uh, that perhaps something bad happened to Blitzen. But I think the best course of action is to pretend nothing happened to Blitzen and, and not even acknowledge that there was a Blitzen. And in fact, if you look back at the Twas the Night Before Christmas, uh, you'll see it's on Dasher, on Dancer, on Prancer, on Vixen, on Common, on Cupid, on Donder, and Saul. <laughs> He's gone back and changed history? He, the, the man has rewritten history? I, I don't want to uh, say that out loud, but uh, I believe, yes, there's been a, it's, Blitzen was memory hold. God. It's, Blitzen is an un-reindeer. Yeah. That's chilling. It's double plus ungood. Very frightening. What, has, has Santa's diet changed uh, due to COVID, uh, you know, due to the craziness of the COVID year? Yeah, well, I mean, Santa's diet is, is mostly mercury. What? Why? Uh, he's got huge mercury stockpiles. Now, this dates back to the early days of Santa. Uh, he got it in his head that mercury was going to be worth more than gold someday. <laughs> so he was hoarding mercury. And okay. if, if you go to the North Pole, there are, there are huge refinery tanks just filled with liquid mercury. And, uh, and Santa, for reasons that none of us really understand, has, has decided that it might not be worth more than gold, but it will give you magical properties if you ingest okay. it. So he's been heavy into the mercury. And I do think it's part of his behavioral uh, swings, his mood swings. Um, there's been a lot of conflict between him and Mrs. Claus. How's, how's that manifesting? Especially as a mer mercury addict, apparently. Uh, he's, I mean, he's basically, you know, they've been married for quite some time. Uh, and now he's insisting that they join the swinger circuit. <clears throat> which Mrs. Claus wants nothing to do with. 
They never do. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't entice her at all. It's not titillating. She's not, she's not into that sort of thing. And uh, Sandy will not take no for an answer. And so well, what you, does that mean? Well, it means there are ads on Craigslist for Santa's hot wife. And, um, you know, there's, he's not hiding the fact that he's interested. Do you know what Santa's looking for from a, a series of partners? Uh, he just, he's, he calls it hot swapping. And so he, he just wants to take other, other people's wives. Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, that's his thing. You know, I guess. After all this time, uh, especially up in the North Pole and a lot of time on your hands, you know, you start, I guess, if you don't get on Facebook and start talking politics nonstop, then you look for other outlets. I mean, he's, he's bored. You know, the, he, he's, he's bored. He's, he's, he's got military conquest in mind. He's got uh, outsourcing his wife uh, in mind. Like he's this guy, he's got way too much time. It's, it's not the Santa that I knew and thought I loved. Yeah, but you can say that about anything these days, right? That's true. I mean, you know, the ACLU is not the ACLU I knew and loved because now they don't defend free speech. That's true. So um, things change and Santa's changed. I, I guess so. What, uh, last thing, What what is Santa looking for in terms of intimacy? What What, what is he looking for a, a partner to, to do? If he's bored- what does that look like? Well, I mean, obviously he's hoping for a chubby chaser. It's the, the terminology. Uh-huh. He's, he's open-minded, I guess would be the, what I'd say, you know, he's, um, and, and this might be with or without the consent of Mrs. Claus. I don't know. Maybe she said, go for it, Santa. But, uh, you know, he's on the market. He's, um, he's looking for something. He's a kingster. I'd be, See, I'd be concerned that, you know, a man who's used to giving so much is at this point, he's going to expect something back sexually. Like he's going to use that. He's going to hold that over your head where it's like, hey, remember, you know, 12 years ago when I got you that, uh, uh, you know, He-Man castle. Exactly. Yeah. Remember that slide whistle that was in your stocking? Maybe you want to put something in my stocking. You know, that kind of His stocking being... I probably euphemism for for uh, his body. <laughs> and I, I hope we can keep this away from the children. I don't yeah, think I, they I would hope so. I don't think they need to know this. I think part you know, we we've been kind of blessed by COVID because they can't necessarily sit too close to Santa and hear him grumbling and and pointing out people in the uh, the moms in the audience that he thinks are hotties, <laughs> as he's been known to do as of late. Uh-huh. So. Um, I think in that way, COVID has wow. been kind of a blessing that kids are not experiencing the, the true Santa. Uh, yeah. It's funny because my son reported this the first time he was ever on Santa's lap. He asked, uh, he asked him because, you know, Betsy, my, my wife had just had a second child. He said, uh, he asked my son, when is mommy going to get her, her pre-baby body back? Uh-huh. He didn't know what that meant. My son didn't, had no clue what that meant. Yeah. But Santa does. And, uh, and Santa actually has an arrangement with um, a plastic surgeon in uh, Nyack. Um, you can get a good discount. Yeah. And what he'll do is if he sees a kid who's got a, a yummy mummy, is what Santa calls them, uh, he'll give the kid a coupon for this plastic surgeon in Nyack. And he said, he'll uh-huh. say, give this to your mummy. 
for Christmas and tell her it's on Santa and maybe she'll be on Santa, if you know what I mean. And then he does a little Santa wink. And the child doesn't know what that means. No, kids don't pick up on any of that crap. Well, that's lucky. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. So, Brian. Yes, Jackaroo. Um, so, you know, I was wondering, as we've just sort of established, you're quite the, the Santa file. You know a heck of a lot about Christmas. Yes. And, um, and, and about Santa Claus. Yeah. And, and I'd like to sort of take that Christmas knowledge and, and maybe sort of take a deep dive into like a Christmas classic um, that maybe we all sort of have taken for granted, but, uh, now sort of, you know, in 2020, we've, we've taken sort of a fresh set of eyes at a lot of, at a lot of things, at yeah. a lot of, uh, moments in history, at a lot of statues, at a lot of, uh, different things that we just sort of took for granted. And, you know, I thought maybe we would apply that same lens to, um, like a Christmas classic, like Twas the Night Before Christmas. Yeah. You know what? I, it's always good to learn, you know, the real story behind the song or the poem or the story. Uh, so yeah, I'm more than happy to do that. Yeah. So specifically the Twas the Night Before Christmas, which is actually my all, all time favorite, um, poem. And it's something that I read to, to my kids every Christmas Eve. So it's, that's what means a lot to me. So I was wondering if maybe we could sort of break it down and you could tell us what, what the meaning of the, of the words are. Absatronically. Cool. Thanks. Well, I mean, right in the, the opening there, like, uh, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Right. So what do you think mouse means? Uh, a small rodent who scurries about when no one's around looking for food scraps. That's what you would think. But in fact, it's an allusion to rats, which is an allusion to people who uh, squeal. It's a warning to anybody who might be considering talking to the feds. Good God. Yeah. What? Okay. I'm okay. I, I, I guess we could. Uh, move, move on to the the stockings were hung by the chimney with care in the hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. I mean, there's nothing, nothing bad about that. That's kids hanging stockings up, hoping that Santa fills them up. Well, that's funny. Uh, but stockings, you know, I think we're assuming these are Christmas stockings. Yeah. And they're not. Uh, their stockings are actually trophies uh, by Jimmy the Pimp Killer. <laughs> so Jimmy the Pimp Killer uh, is exactly that. He was a serial killer, but he only targeted pimps. So in that way he was good. Yeah. Uh, he would kill the pimp usually from coming from behind, kill the pimp. And then he would liberate the woman who was under his employment. And in doing so, he'd say, you're, you're set to go. You're free. I need those stockings. <laughs> and so the women would give him the stockings. They'd thank him profusely for, for killing the pimp. And then, um, he would hang those stockings at his chimney at St. Nicholas being a euphemism for the head of police. So the head of police would come in, he'd see, you know, 12 stockings and realize that uh, Jimmy, the pimp killer had done a good job and, and he'd be rewarded financially. Jesus. Yeah. How many, what sort of, uh, what sort of hotbed town of prostitution is this where he can have 12 12 dead pimps for the chief of police. Well, I mean, this, yeah, this, this was originally written in Slutty Valley, which is a, a town. It's outside of Essex in, in England. Okay. Yeah. Can you, can I, for Christmas, can I ask for a ticket to Slutty Valley? You could, you wouldn't be able to fly there at the moment because it's Why? under, lock, well, it's under tier four lockdown. 
I don't give a crap. So I, all, I need to go there. Yeah, but everything's closed down and, and you know, there are no services being offered, if you know what I mean. Yeah, sex for money. Oh, yeah. It was that, I, I thought it was being more subtle. No, no. I, I, for once, I knew what you meant. Um, okay, wow. Slutty Valley. Yeah. Gosh, the... I mean, already this, it feels like Twas the Night Before Christmas is almost ruined. Yeah. I mean, that's, and this is the, the, the problem with getting to know the true meaning behind, you know, songs and stories is that, um, yeah, they do take some of the, the luster out of it. Yeah. Don't, don't meet your idols. Don't find out what Twas the Night Before Christmas means. Don't see how your sausage is made. Exactly. Well, okay. So here's I mean, the next line though. There, there can be nothing Nothing but sweetness here in the next part of the, the poem. The children were nestled, nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. Yeah. I mean, come on. That is every kid in bed dreaming about Christmas, thinking about all the candies and sweets that they're going to have. That is absolutely adorable. That is everything I want to think about for Christmas. Except it, sugar plums. But, okay. What about sugar plums? Uh, sugar plums means dog testicles. <laughs> what? It's yeah. It's about, it's a reference to neutering dogs. <laughs> no. Yes. Yeah. So these kids are dreaming about dogs being neutered. Which, <laughs> what sort of monsters are these? Well, I mean, they, they're, they want the dog population to be reduced. Uh, they don't want a lot of stray dogs. Cause remember slutty Valley uh, had a dog problem. There were tons of, of stray dogs. Uh, they were dangerous. They would bite, they would often bite uh, prostitutes, um, you know, and uh, so, and once the prostitutes were off the streets, thanks to um, the pimp killer, uh, then they would just target anybody, including children. So these kids were dreaming of dogs being neutered so that there wouldn't be more dogs that wouldn't place them in danger every time they went outside to play. So, so this town overrun by prostitutes and stray dogs that uh, attack children. Yes. Man. Yeah. Once the prostitute population uh, disappeared, thanks to the work of the pimp killer. Uh, and it's either Johnny, the pimp killer or Jimmy, the pimp killer. Um, then, you know, the dogs had no other targets. So they, they would go after anybody who was outdoors. And oftentimes that was kids because most of the dads were in the coal mine and the moms uh, were at home birthing. Well, the, but why, why did the prostitutes not set up shop on their own? Why didn't they, they, why did they have to go out of business just because their pimps were murdered? Well, I mean, most of them didn't want to be in the trade. Uh, I doubt you know, that. The majority of them didn't find it empowering. A few oh. did, uh, like Luscious Barbara, but um, <laughs> the rest of them didn't find it empowering. They they actually wanted to get out of it. They found men were gross. Uh, oftentimes, especially these, most of the men in the town were minors. Um, <laughs> so they're filthy uh -huh. uh, and they just wanted nothing to do with it. In fact, most of the prostitutes became lesbians, understandably, because men are nasty. What happened to Luscious Barbara? Luscious Barbara actually made a fortune uh, because she was one of the few who still stayed in business. She was a, she was very sex positive. Uh, unfortunately, she was HIV positive. Uh, but, you know, she, for the, for the longest time, uh, she was able to, to really make the men of the village happy again.
you know, or, or uh, throw up their sash is, is the term that was that they used. Sure. How 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 much how much of Slutty Valley is left at this point? Um, well, I mean, a majority of the male population uh, died from either AIDS or mining. Uh, miners lung. Uh, so they had you know, black lung and AIDS uh-huh. really decimated the male population there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great place to be a lesbian. <laughs> um, and, um, and it's a great place to be a kid because the dogs are no longer biting. Their sugar plums are gone. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, what a, I mean, how have they not made a movie about this town? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's funny that Tom Cruise is shooting a movie about that right now. What's it called? Uh, well, it's called Twas the Night Before Christmas. So they just had a, a big kerfuffle on the set because people weren't wearing their masks and he really lost it and kind of killed the Christmas spirit. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Did, did everyone mistake him for a, an angry little elf? Yes. Yep. They mistook him for an angry straight elf. <laughs> wow. People are making a lot of uh, wrong assumptions about him. Absolutely. That's so strange. Uh, well, we should just sort of finish up the, the last little. Uh, yeah this verse of the poem yeah. and mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had yeah. just settled down for a long winter's nap. Now, that, that seems uh, absolutely harmless. There's, there's no hidden meaning there, right? Well, kerchief is a very Victorian term for crotchless panties. <laughs> Jesus. And cap is condom. <laughs> oh, so they've learned their lesson. Uh, they did learn their lesson. Yeah. I mean, that's how he lived to write this poem. Oh, this is the town survivor. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, Claude. He made it. He's one of the few men remaining in Slutty Valley. Uh-huh, because he wore uh, his cap. Yep, yeah. and he's, you know, he, he's married. Um, and, you know, while she's not a huge fan of crotchless panties, um, you know, she, she enjoys having a husband. Sure. I mean, she's one of the few in town, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. It's mostly lesbians in Slutty Valley at this point. <laughs> Uh, and what, what does it mean that they just settle down for a long winter's nap? That it's just their, you know, a, a long evening of wrapping presents and they're just sort of uh, tuckered out? That's a euphemism, a long winter's nap. Um, I think you know what that means. Just going to sleep for a long time because you're tired? No, uh, it means a Viagra-induced session that lasts uh, four to six hours. Oof. Yeah, no respite. Gosh, they really... Uh, this guy Claude, who wrote this poem, yeah. really leaned into the uh, to his naughty side, as Santa would say. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the, with the mining operations shut down, uh, and you know, all the veterinary operations shut down because there were no more dogs. Really, I mean, the, the dog, there are no more baby dogs to deal with. So, uh, those those yeah. professions have wound down. There's no more prostitution. All the pimps are dead, <laughs> and so Claude really just has a ton of time on his hands. Especially when his kids are dreaming about dog testicles. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Those are Claude's kids and his wife. And that's yeah. okay. So I guess he, he took his cap off a few times. He did. You know, he, there's sometimes you just, you don't want to wear a cap to your long winter's nap. Right. Uh, well, Brian, yeah. thanks for ruining Twas the Night Before Christmas. Hey, Brian. Hey, Jack. Perfect. Um, I, I I would like to start a new segment on today's show, which is uh, called Solve a Problem in Two Minutes. Solve a Problem in Two Minutes. Okay. I have a problem. I would like you to solve it in two minutes. None of these long rambling things where we 
uh, investigate everything and no long setups. So I'm, I'm already ending the setup to this bit. Wow. I have a problem. I would like you to solve it in two minutes for, for time reasons. Two minutes. One, okay. You've got a timer. Yeah. You're going to time me. Um, sure. Okay. I have my phone right here. I'm going to time you. Okay. Um, Brian, here's my problem. I would like you to solve in two minutes. Yes. We adopted a cat, as you know. Meow. Uh, meow. Her name is Kiki. Yep. Um, uh, we got her at the end of September. Very excited. We'd wanted this cat all year. My daughter had wanted her for a long time. Here's the problem. We don't like her. How do I deal with this cat? How would I potentially get rid of her? Please solve my problem of, of kind of hating the cat that we got in two minutes. Timer starts now. You don't like her or the, you all don't like her? Uh, Betsy and I especially don't like her. The kids want to love her and kind of do, but are also kind of like she's kind of a dick. Is she just like an aloof little kitty? No, she attacks out of the blue. Well, that's what like kitties do. Yeah. Kitties attack. We don't like her. Well, I mean, here's what you can do. Uh, cats love antifreeze. Unfortunately, antifreeze doesn't love cats. <laughs> it creates internal bleeding. That's right. Um, and so what you do is you set up with the kids. You say, the kids, um, listen, kitty cat, you know, I know we don't like her, but we need to give her all the love we can. And if we don't give her enough love, she could die. And right, then you start especially on a cold winter like this. Yeah. And then you start infusing her food with antifreeze. Uh, the cat eventually passes and you tell the kids that they didn't do their job well enough and they didn't wish the cat well enough and they failed the cat. And that's why the cat is dead. Well, okay. 45 seconds left. What good does it do blaming the kids? Well, it, it sets them up for a life of feeling guilty about stuff and blaming themselves. Why would I want that? It builds character. To, I to want my kids to have character. To feel like you murdered your cat by not wishing enough. I definitely want to link the power of wishing to actual tangible results here on earth. So that would help 15 seconds. Um, exactly. And so that you're, you're teaching them, you know, if they wish harder, the cat would be alive. Therefore, uh, they should wish more. Okay. I think you've solved the problem. Thank this you. This has been solving a problem in two minutes. My pleasure. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas to each and every one of us, except you, Hitler. <laughs> Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Make sure to review the podcast. Make sure to visit qmpodcast.com 